From team-focused farm system breakdowns, prospect rankings, and interviews with some of the brightest up-and-comers in the game, Locked On MLB Prospects is the best way to stay plugged in on the future of your favorite team. Host Aram Lighton brings you all the best and subscribe to Locked On MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. On today's episode, which is being dropped on the 27th day of July 2021, we are going to bring back friend of the podcast, Miller Shane Thomas, the host of Locked On Diamondbacks, to talk about the fate of his team as they approach the trade deadline and who he expects to stay, who he expects to go, and what's going to happen for the final third of the season. This show is available on the free and easy-to-use Odyssey app. We're also available wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're at home and you have a smart device or if your car has a smart device, be sure to tell it to play podcast Lockdown MLB or check out some of the other great shows on the Lockdown Podcast Network including Lockdown Fantasy Baseball with Scott Cullen. And hey, why not Lockdown Diamondbacks with Millard Shane Thomas? Mm-hmm. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown MLB Pod. Same handle for Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Well, as I hinted, and as you heard the mm-hmm in the background, we have on, once again, friend of the podcast, return contestant, Millard Thomas. Welcome back to the show, buddy. Yeah, last time I was on was probably that first Jeopardy show, so I'm glad to be back after a long hiatus. Well, no one can accuse me of East Coast bias as I bring in the mighty Diamondbacks. Mm -hmm. Man, let's not mince words here right now. This has been a rough year. Oh, yeah. It's been a rough year. I mean, right now we're trying to avoid the worst record in franchise history. We need 21 more wins to avoid that season. So it's going to be tough. I mean, it would have to be the best stretch of D-backs baseball this year to avoid it. But it's been possible. They've looked solid to start the second half. Well, okay. You know what? I love it. The glass is not exactly half full, but you at least acknowledge there's water in the glass, Mm -hmm. uh, which is all right. They are currently playing at a 307 winning percentage if you're playing along at home that is on pace to go uh 49 and 112 which is not good no that would be the worst record in franchise history if they won that but let me just bring up a couple quick things here okay first of all they yes they they let's just they've had a rough year one of the things that i think should make diamondbacks fans a little bit happy about their prospects going into next year i'm not talking about their minor league prospects talk about the team itself mm-hmm. is that Cattell Marte is on the injured list which means he's not going to be traded mm-hmm. and he is for signed next. for next year and he has an option i think for the year after and the year after that so Marte is going to be back next year maybe mm-hmm. you have at least one player that you can remember and can build <laughs> upon and I'm going to say something, even though this team is almost a cinch to lose 100 games, uh, I don't fire Tori Lovolo. 
I, I don't get rid of the manager at this point. I know it's it's a knee jerk that oh man we stink, uh, better fire the manager. I don't think this is on him. I think he's still a smart baseball guy. He's just a couple of years removed from this team being a legitimate contender. And I don't know. I don't see him as the problem with this team. Yeah, they're not going to fire him in season, but I believe his contract is up at the end of the year. So I don't think Toy Lavello is coming back since that one year he made the postseason 2017. Uh, the team has kind of been worse ever every year since they won 82 and 18, 85 and 19, but they looked really bad in 2020. It was a COVID year, so you could kind of throw away the stats. But in 2021, they looked bad again. It's not all on Toy Lavello. There's been a lot of injuries, some guys not performing up to their standard expectations. But still, uh, when you have a manager that's only made one wild card appearance and has missed the playoffs four straight years and really can't get that far above a, a 500 record, I mean, this was a team that wanted to compete going into the 2020 season and it all fell apart. And then it kind of continued over into 2021. So the, the D-backs might want to go in a different direction uh, next season. Toy Lavello is my Kazan's guy. They both come over from the Red Sox organization. But mm -hmm. I, I honestly don't see Toy Lavello coming back next year. All right, there you go. I want to just bring up something. I'm not trying to pour salt in the wound here, but on the 15th day of May, mm -hmm. the Diamondbacks were, obviously, they're not off to a great start, but they were only four games under 500. And you're thinking, hmm, I wonder if they zig instead of zag, if they, they're hanging around with the Cubs and the Braves at that point. I wonder how they're going to do. And do you know what their record has been since that day? Uh, I'm guessing they've won not a lot of games. 13 games they've won 48 games they've lost <laughs> that is a uh 213 winning percentage not the best no that's that's not good that's not very good so okay i mean i brought up lavolo because i remember him being a big managerial prospect when he was with boston and of course they did make it to the wild card into the division series his first year of managing i remember this diamondbacks team looked like they were on the verge of being possibly winning the West in 2019. And they had that disastrous September. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess I give every team a mulligan from the COVID year. Mm -hmm. So that's why I kind of look at it like, look at it, it's not his fault that the team has traded away Grinky and traded away Goldschmidt and traded away all these players uh, and that they're playing in a division that has San Francisco, Los Angeles, and San Diego. Uh, but I didn't realize about his contract status. And you know what? Who knows? He might be a valuable – for some teams, it's good to bring in a manager who has managerial experience elsewhere, and maybe a change will do him good. Maybe he'll be the new Yankee manager. <laughs> yeah. Who am I kidding? The The Yankees are going to sign Aaron Boone for life. But there will be some teams that could definitely use a manager going into next year. And so who knows? Maybe Lavola will be a interesting candidate. He's not that old and he has some experience under his belt. So, yeah, he's probably in his 50s. And like I said before, it's not all on him. There's been a lot of injuries, but there's some questionable decisions. I don't know how much this season plays into his decisions if he's making 
calls because he's like, hey, this is a bad team. This team wants to tank. This is a team that doesn't really want to win a lot of games. So maybe that influences some of his decisions because sometimes I scratch my head with some decisions when a guy like uh, Merrill Kelly is going deep into the ball game and he's having a great game. Why go to that bullpen, which is the worst in baseball? Doesn't make much sense. Sometimes you have to let these guys go seven or eight innings. And I feel like Toy Lovello pulls starters sometimes too early when they're dealing in games. Sometimes he had one questionable decision where he had two or three guys on his bench and he elected to pinch hit with a Madison Bumgarner I mean that was probably your highlight of the season seeing Madison Bumgarner come in to pinch hit but uh, there's been some questionable decisions for Toy Lavelle throughout the throughout the year and I I think it's going to be a reason as to why he's not coming back this year I also think they want a new change in the organization a new voice and also I don't know how much you put player development on the coach's shoulders because you look at someone like Robbie Ray who got worse and worse every year under Toy Lovello. Now he goes to the Blue Jays and he might be what, top three, top four in Cy Young voting? Yeah, it's really an all-star caliber year. Yeah, he has, he's having a tremendous year for the Buffalo Blue Jays. So <laughs> Yeah, so stuff like that. Madison Bumgarner, Luke Weaver having a good 2019 in his first year and hasn't really looked at that good since. So I don't know how much player development goes on Toy Lovello. A lot of these prospects coming up through the system don't seem to live up to their expectations when they get on the major league level so i don't know if you put down the manager bench coaches they've tried they, they've tried fire their they, they fire their hitting coach mid-season so i don't know who that blame falls on but toy lavello might be the scapegoat at the end of the season and you can certainly look at the quality of the season and say oh boy we've gone from manager of the year and making it to the division series in 2017 to people saying will they win more than 50 games yeah that's a real conversation we have to we have to go like 15 games below 500 just to get to 50 games like it's not that hard to get to 50 games if you're a good team but for the d-backs it would be their best stretch of baseball to get to 50 games okay hold on i'm actually gonna look something because i don't know the answer to this off the top of my head so i'm gonna go to baseballreference.com the single greatest website in the history of the planet earth and i'm gonna check one thing uh, last year in the truncated season, mm-hmm. the Los Angeles Dodgers won 43 games. 43 games was their final win total in the shortened season. Mm-hmm. Right now, the Diamondbacks have 31 wins. So yeah. I guess the first goal is to get more wins than the Dodgers did in 60 games. That's the mm-hmm. first goal. Do you think they can do it? Uh, <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably not. I mean, the D-backs only have six more wins than their 2020 team. And they've played, uh, what, 41 more games in that team. So it's not that good. I mean, in April, like you said, they started off the year, like kind of good. They were 14 and 12 to start the year. Like I was pretty optimistic on this team after the first 25 or so games, like they were top three in run scored. They were like top three in home runs in the national league through those first 25 games. And then the bottom just fell out. They won 14 games in April. They were 14 and 12 in April. Then they won five games in May three games in June. So they won eight games total in the next two months. But in July so far, they're nine and 10 in July. So they have more wins this month than the last two months. combined. They're turning it around. They're turning it around. There's still a lot of games left. Get Lavello on the long-term contract. That's what I got to say. That's what I got to say. This is the, (laughs) this is Lavello's team. This is Lavello's team for the long term. Now look at, if you have Lavello on this team managing, I'm mm-hmm. telling you right here and now, the Diamondbacks are a sure fire bet. And if you're going to make bets, 
go to bet online it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball is in full swing you track all the action at bet online get the latest news odds and info for all your sporting needs including baseball the nba the nhl and all your ufc and mma action before the next pitch head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest information don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams preps for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. It's your online sportsbook expert. Promo code Locked On. All right, we're here with Millard Shane Thomas of Locked On Diamondbacks. Let's get down to brass tacks right now. Mm. Uh, Millard, you and I are going to be part of the trade deadline spectacular that locked on is doing i'm very excited that's going on at the end of the week so let me get your first take on this i don't want to assume anything are they are, are they buyers or sellers oh they're, okay <laughs> you're gonna ask me that kind of question uh, well, i mean I, I think that's probably a rhetorical question yes yes i'm being i'm being a, a slight goofball here but the fact of the matter is the the diamondbacks have a couple of pieces that are have some potential value Mm -hmm. i think one of the pieces that is the most interesting and of course these trades don't happen in vacuums Mm -hmm. that you have a lot of players who are coveted at the trade deadline and it's funny the diamondbacks played the cubs over the weekend and i think every player had a big for sale sign around their neck for on both of those teams it was less of a series and more of a showcase for the uh, prospective trade buyers. Chris Bryant of the Cubs is obviously going to be one of the most coveted players available at the trade deadline. But I think that if you don't land Chris Bryant, someone like Eduardo Escobar, mm-hmm. who had an all-star season this year so far, it would be, if not the perfect fit for some, I think he's a valuable piece if for no other reason that he can play both third base and second base, mm-hmm. that he has a little more versatility around the infield. And I think a team like the Mets who have been linked with the uh, Chris Bryant deal should be kicking the tires heavily on Eduardo Escobar because they need help at various parts of their infield. And Escobar could fill in in one of those two spots. Oh, yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of teams coming after Escobar. The team he's been linked to the most of the Chicago White Sox because mm-hmm. they originally drafted him back however long it was, and they lost Nick Madrigal basically for the season at second base. So adding an Escobar in that middle of the lineup with a Tim Anderson, a Jose Abreu, a Yoan Moncada, Escobar will fit right in there. And like you said, he can play all over the infield, second base, third base. He's a pretty solid infielder, and he's a real middle of the order slugger i mean he's got 22 home runs he's one of the top leaders in rbis in the national league so even though this d-backs team is awful our escobar has been a run producer in that middle of the lineup and he's pretty much the only threat with the ketel Marte out yeah i think he would be a i mean i think he's a perfect fit with the chicago white Sox, especially with madrigal out for probably the rest of the year that put him in the infield along with anderson along with moncada i think that he would be a really really terrific fit and that would be one of the best infields in baseball abreu escobar moncada and anderson 
on a team that's already pretty solid and is probably going to get Eloy Jimenez back. I, I think, though, I mean, I look at him with the Mets. I think that the I think he would be an underrated trade chip for the Mets. I really think that he would he'd be a perfect fit with that team. And maybe even I mean, I know people kind of roll their eyes at in division trades, but mm-hmm. I think the Dodgers could really use him as well. I mean, I know you don't want to hear that. I know you don't want to hear that, but the key is, here's the deal. Here's the deal. If they get a really good young piece for Escobar, mm-hmm. then Diamondback fans can hold that over the Dodgers saying, oh yeah, yeah, you rented Escobar, but look at that. We got this guy for the long term. I'm, I'm trying to help you out, man. It's- if we, Yeah. If they want to give up one of their top prospects, then yeah, I'll do that for Escobar. But I feel like it would be a fleecing by the Dodgers because I feel like they always fleece teams in these kind of trades. So I don't want, I don't, I don't want to touch the Dodgers at all with Escobar. Let me ask also, you have Nick Ahmed is, mm-hmm. I'm looking at their veterans. And at this point, it's sort of like, you're, I mean, you're not going to get a great player back for Josh Reddick. He is a left-handed pinch hitter who can pitch, evidently. And then you have the question mark is you have Baumgartner. Mm-hmm. Baumgartner, save for his seven-inning no-hitter, has been a disappointment this year, to say the least. And the fact that he's he's started 23 games total with Arizona, and in 112 innings, he has an ERA of 5.6. So suddenly the Giants don't look so dumb for letting him walk at the trade deadline or the as a free agent a few years ago that being said he's still madison freaking Bumgarner, and would it behoove the diamondbacks to have him say hey look it he will probably wake up come october wouldn't you rather have an energized madison Bumgarner for the for a pennant run in exchange for a, a key piece I I would think the D-backs would love to trade Madison Bumgarner. I just don't think there would be any takers on Bumgarner. He's got a pretty fat contract. I'm going to look it up here real quick, but I believe he's making $23 million annually over the next two years. And like you said, for a guy who hasn't looked that great, I mean, you just said his ERA. Outside of the first three starts this season, he's been pretty solid. Uh, if you take away the first three starts, he had a little streak where he had a historic five-start streak for the D-backs. Then he went on the injured list, had a couple of weird starts there, and then he came back to start the second half. He's been really good again to start the second half. So I think there is upside there with Bumgarner as we go down this second half stretch, but he's making $19 million this season, 23 annually in 22 and 2023, and then he makes $14 million in 2024. And we've seen, I mean, I, I still think he has upside down the second half, but we know he's in decline. So I don't know if a team wants to pay him around $20 million for the next three seasons with the decline we've already seen. I'll just throw one team at you. This is, I think, the only place that he could land that could possibly uh, absorb a contract like that would be the Mets. Because mm-hmm. the Mets have their new ownership. The Mets have an ownership who wants to desperately prove they're not the previous ownership. And Baumgartner has such a reputation of being a guy who gets it done in October mm-hmm. and you know he multiple MVPs and is and a career ERA of 2.11 and 102 innings pitched in October three complete games shutouts including two wild card game complete game shutouts he's the greatest mm-hmm. wild card pitcher of all time and 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 to have the Mets who are desperate to take over the city desperate to win over the fan base desperate to say hey 
this is not the previous ownership that got fleeced by Bernie Madoff. We are going to, we will overpay for right now if it means having a long run in October and turning the, turning the culture around for the Mets, especially as they're trying like hell to have, you know, physical human beings throw starts for them and not rush back Jacob deGrom. They don't care if Jacob deGrom wins the Cy Young Award or not this year. He's already won two. They mm-hmm. want to just have him ready for October. And if you have Hill, Taiwan Walker, Marcus Stroman, Jacob deGrom on their, in their starting rotation, and then you cross your fingers that that will be able to get past Milwaukee and maybe stop either LA, San Francisco, or San Diego to bring the World Series back to New York. I, I don't think it's going to happen, mm-hmm. but I think that's the only team that could would potentially absorb that money because whatever hit they take on the luxury tax would be worth it to turn the Mets into the team of New York, which they are on the verge of doing that with the Yankees making every one of their fans angry right now. And if the Mets go to the World Series and the Yankees are playing golf in October, that will go a long way to selling season tickets and getting attention and and turning around the culture there. And I I don't think it's going to happen, but that's my long shot. Hey, what if this happens? Yeah, it it could be possible. And they still potentially have a Carrasco and a Syndergaard coming back. So the Mets are going to be like six rotation members deep. But I've talked on my pod about another D-backs pitcher that I think the Mets should go after. And that is Merrill Kelly and not Madison Bumgarner. I think Merrill Kelly is the best pitcher on this staff that could be traded. I think he would have the most value because he doesn't have a crazy contract. And in Merrill Kelly's last seven starts, he has a 2.62 ERA. This dude has been elite over his last seven starts. In the 2020 season, he only pitched five games because he had to undergo surgery after five games. But he was arguably the best pitcher on the D-backs last year. Like, after five starts, it was a real argument between Zach Allen and Merrill Kelly. Who is the better pitcher right now? Because Merrill Kelly was not putting anybody on the bases last year. The dude was not virtually walking anybody last season. So, to start 2021... After coming back from surgery, he did not look right those first 10 or so starts, but uh, or however many starts, first eight starts or whatever. But over his last seven starts, this man has been locked in. He has a 2-6-2 ERA. He's given up around two to three runs every game. He's going six or seven innings every game. And the biggest reason why I think Merrill Kelly is a strong trade chip is because he's the definition of an innings eater. Most people probably don't realize this, but if you look at innings pitch in the National League, it goes Zach Wheeler, Walker Bueller, Brandon Woodruff, and then Merrill Kelly, number four. Put him on any staff, and he probably leads that team in innings pitch so far this season. So for a team like the Mets, who have a lot of injuries, if you don't want to rush somebody back, it doesn't matter if Merrill Kelly's giving up two earned runs or six earned runs he's usually a guy that's going deep into the ball game i'll tell you the three places where he could land and it would be perfect for him you mentioned the mets because you're right and that's a great point especially if you look at his last bunch of starts he's gone six seven innings in almost every one of his last bunch of starts the mets desperately need an innings eater i mean they need they they almost need that more than they need an ace they need someone who say look at we need someone to give us some some length but the other two teams, I think Oakland could use someone like that because they have a good starting staff. They're, they probably could use a bullpen piece more than that, but they're going to be uh, 
in on a couple of relievers, but if they have another innings eater, that'll take a little bit of the pressure off of the bullpen. But the team that could really use him to the point where he could be the difference between going to the World Series or not. I know that sounds weird that Merrill Kelly could be the difference between a pennant or not, but Tampa Bay, especially if they get Glass now back, they have they're relying on their wild deep bullpen and openers and all that in order to make that work they need to have at least two members of the rotation go deep so they're not using five pitch five or six pitchers a game every day so that was the thing that when they lost Glasnow and they went on a big losing streak I think it was because that game of Jenga they lost their innings eater and that'll that put too much pressure on everything else it's like things don't happen in a vacuum if you have a guy say hey look at Every five days, this guy's going to give us six or seven innings. And that allows them to do the opener and allow them to do everything else that they do along the way. Yeah, I think yeah, that's a great point uh, that Merrill Kelly could be a really unheralded, like under the radar move because he'll be a good pitcher, no doubt, but the way he will affect the staff around him. You don't blow out the bullpen arms. You allow this other, you take some pressure off of the pitchers here. You take some pressure off of the bats. It will help a team like Oakland or like Tampa Bay who kind of rely on mixing and matching a lot more than other teams. Or as I said, the Mets who have just been devastated by injuries and and need to have that strength in their rotation. That's a great point. This is why I have on Miller Shane Thomas because I'm just yapping about Madison Bumgarner because I'm just some dope. And this guy, he, what he does, let me tell you what Miller Thomas does. He pops the hood. He looks under the hood and says, okay, what kind of tinkering needs to be going on here to fix the engine that is known as the Arizona Diamondbacks? And let me tell you something. If you need to pop your hood and look at your engine, you should go to Rock Auto ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. And you want, when you go there, you get all these intimidating questions. Is it this? Is it that? You don't know the answer. That's why I'm here. This, I don't. And what does that person do? Who's all smug. Like, oh, I know everything. Like, he's like Alex Trebek, may he rest in peace, acting smug as if he knows the answers. He goes to the back, he just clicks on his computer. You can do that. You have computers? I know you do because you're listening to this podcast right now. You can go to rockauto.com. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a dealership? Come on! Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Yes, including me. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts need. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need are at rockauto.com. Okay, I'm here with Millard Shane Thomas. I think I've scared him in my last ad read. But... Here's what I want to ask you. You've, you've, you've given us a lot of great points. I think we've all learned. We've all grown in this podcast. Thank you. Okay. You've taught us. You've made us better people. Wow. Now, here's the question I'm going to ask you. 
I've thrown some hypotheticals at you, mm -hmm. okay? Including Eduardo Escobar, you throw in a little bit of, uh, you threw in a dash of Merrill, Ke Merrill Kelly mm -hmm. and a, and we didn't even bring up as Drupal Cabrera. Not yet. That was my next guy. Yeah. Cabrera. I mean, like, you're not going to get Fernando Tatis Jr. for as Drupal Cabrera, but like a lot of these guys, sometimes if you just get minor leaguers back, that may be the sort of thing that you add depth and that actually may allow you to deal other players later or develop other players later. Sometimes you can promote a player and put this in. It all fits together. Mm -hmm. Here's what I'm going to throw your way. Give me your predictions of what the Diamondbacks are going to do between now, we're recording this, it's right now 12.02 in the PM, Pacific Daylight Time on the 26th day of July, 2021, and the trade deadline, which is in five days. What are the D-backs going to do? You have the conch. Okay. Well, my prediction is that the D-backs are going to be busy at the deadline. I think they're going to be making moves. I mean, I expect it to be a fire sale, but the biggest question mark is who's going to be making the deals? Because right now, the GM of the D-backs, Mike Hazen, is away from the team because, unfortunately, his wife is battling a brain tumor. So mm. we send our wishes to that family. So right now, it's the assistant GM making these deals. So I don't think he's going to make any huge deals, like you said before. I don't think we're going to see a Ketel Marte being moved. I think it might be uh, – Escobar is definitely the biggest name on the D-backs that could be moved. But if he doesn't be moved, I wouldn't be totally surprised just because of how weird the GM situation is right now. But I think Escobar is going to be moved ultimately. I do think a guy like Merrill Kelly is going to have a lot of interest, and I think it's going to be hard for the D-backs, no, to keep him on the roster. But definitely the, the, the smaller name guys like a Drupal Cabrera, I definitely think those guys are getting moved because the D-backs have already started to make moves of that kind of Albert and tier. They traded Tim LaCastro to the Yankees right before Torres ACL. Uh, shout out to you, Tim LaCastro. Hopefully you get better soon. Uh, they traded uh, one other, Steven Vogt to their backup catcher. They traded him like two and a half weeks ago. So guys like that, Adrubal Cabrera is kind of on that level too. He's, he's a little bit better than those guys. So a team like the Mets have already been linked to Cabrera who already know Cabrera. I think the Nationals might have been linked to Cabrera too. Uh, I might be mistaken on that. So I think a team that had uh, Cabrera already played for is going to be coming after him. Uh, a guy like Nick Ahmed, I don't really think is going to be moved, but even a fan favorite like David Peralta could be on the chopping block as well. There has been some rumors about him. I don't see a Josh Reddick getting moved because he was a dude that was picked up off the streets in the middle of the season. I, I don't think they've really rehabbed him and his value much. So uh, Escobar, I think, is going to get moved. Amaro Kelly and the David Peralta, I would say as a maybe. And I think a, uh, a Drupal Cabrera is definitely getting moved at the deadline too. So I expect the D-backs to be heavy sellers, a fire sale. This team isn't going anywhere. So guys like Escobar, who are going to be free agents at the end of the year, who actually have all-star talent, they have to be moved off this team because the D-backs need as much young talent and prospects as they can get. I think that I think you're right on a lot of points here. I think Escobar is probably going to be traded to Chicago, to the White Sox. I think David Peralta is going to wind up, this is my weird prediction, I think he's going to wind up on the Yankees mm. because the Yankees need a left-handed bat desperately and they their, their outfield is a mess and I think he's not going to be an expensive piece and I, I just think that that that's they've. I just think it's going to be an inexpensive move for the Yankees and the Diamondbacks. I think Merrill Kelly is going to be traded. 
I, I predict he's going to be traded to Oakland. I think he's a perfect fit for what the Oakland A's have in their rotation. They don't need him to be their ace. They already have Bassett. They already have Montas. They already have – who's the other guy? Uh, they have Monta, uh, Manaya. And mm-hmm. so he would essentially be their number four starter and be a pretty dang good one. I wouldn't be surprised if the – like if, if they bundled together a bunch of veterans to a team like a Joaquin Soria, mm-hmm. like an Esdrubal Cabrera, like maybe Peralta, like say here, here's three pieces, like a, a reliever and two bench pieces so they could get and, and want like one prospect back. Like we'll take fewer back, a better prospect for you. We'll give you instant depth off the bench, the bullpen for your pennant run for this decent double A player. I mean, I wouldn't, I've seen teams bundle, you know, here, you need a reliever and a couple of bench players. You've got it. Just give us that guy. And I know two guys you're about to release in, in single A, so it doesn't look like we're it's a three-for-one deal. I, I wouldn't surprise me if they bundled something like that. I think Joaquin Soria is going to be traded with one second left to go in the trade deadline because there's going to be a bunch of teams that are desperate to have any bullpen help, and they're going to be scrambling. And so, Soria? Soria, Soria, and they get a filet of fish and a DVD copy of Aquaman, and they call it a day. Yeah, and Soria is kind of being wasted on the D-backs because they have the lowest save opportunity in baseball. Like, they're just never in position to win games. So a closer like Soria just makes no point on this team. Yeah, so and and you're asking a veteran like Soria – one of the keys is you're saying these players could wake up as they're sort of playing in this dormant team. Like, all right, I could, you're asking to give you two good months here, be re-energized and pitch well for two months. And all of a sudden a team has a decent veteran reliever in their bullpen. And I think every team needs a reliever. So including the diamondbacks, but they need a lot more than a reliever at this point. If you're the D-backs, you just got to acquire as much talent as you can. One, one reason, my biggest, one of my biggest issues with baseball is just the whole idea with trades because you're trading away starters and high-level players for random prospects. Like, I, I just don't know how any of these deals are going to work out. I mean, even when the D-backs traded Zach Greinke, they got back three, the top five picks or prospects in the Astros organization. And hasn't really worked out. Haven't really seen a ton of flashes from those guys on the major league level. So just trading for prospects in general is always just throwing darts at the dartboard. And sometimes it works out. Sometimes you get an elite level player back, but most of the time, I think this is just a game of craps you're playing. Well, look, we're all just waiting for Jordan Lawler to come up and yep. become the new star of the Diamonds. Well, hey, Miller Thomas, this has been fun. Tell us where people can find you and your podcast. Yeah, on the newly verified Twitter, you can follow oh, me. Oh, God, uh, you, you got your check mark before me, and I'm still angry about that. Yeah, I don't know how that's possible. I don't know how you're not blued up yet. But at Creator Thomas 24 to find my personal account, just look up Lockdown Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram. I'm sure you can find the show handle. And go check us out as on this podcast network, Monday through Friday, baby. All right. And for everyone else, you can follow us at Lockdown MLB on so I just stumbled the end part there. Uh, everyone else, you can go check us out on the free and easy to use Odyssey app. Follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter. Same handle on Instagram. 
And I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Doing what every baseball fan does in late July, and that is talking Diamondbacks with Millard Shane Thomas. This has been Locked On MLB for the 27th day of July, 2021. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. Betting on baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the super light tree runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the super light tree runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.